0: Can a child lift up an adult?
1: Sometimes, not always though, and not mostly. Must be a strong child. Well, or they've got that determination, they're gonna do it this time. And the great news is that leverage, done right, works every time.
0: That's true. Life's
1: Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward. So we're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker.
0: And I'm Ken Decker.
1: And it's where we share techniques, thoughts, tips, tools, and tactics that we all need. We all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we're going to turn our house into home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. So what we're going to consider this time is, is leverage a best friend
0: or a foe? Well, maybe we should also consider leverage. Is that a common, common uh, wording for what we're talking about? I know it is for like trying to lift up something heavy,
1: right? Using a or maybe using a
0: lever, yeah. or the teeter totter is basically right. leverage. And if right. one person is heavier than the other, the lighter person moves to the outside edge, and the heavier person moves inward. Right. So there's leverage.
1: Right. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Is it a common thing? I think when you buy something with borrowed money, you are leveraging Mm. someone else's money, whether it's the banks or an individual's. If you borrow part or all of the money to buy something, you're leveraging.
0: Ah, so... And you're probably leveraging your good credit rating, your ability to pay in the past, your good job, your all these things, right? And,
1: well, and you might be leveraging the house that you own
0: to By get access collateral on it, or right? Using it as collateral, yeah. Right. So, anytime you borrow money to buy something, whether it's furniture, a car, or a boat, a snowmobile, a, a if it's house, borrowed money. Yeah, anytime you borrow money Mm -hmm. to buy those kinds of things, you're leveraging. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now I got a good understanding.
1: Okay, fantastic. And so we want to unpack that a little bit because people get, and I know I used to get, crazy nervous when somebody would say you're going to leverage your house or you're going to leverage to buy something. It's like leverage is bad. It feels bad.
0: Well, and it can be bad. Remember, your opening was your best friend or your your foe. And
1: the answer is yes, and yes.
0: Yes, it can be. You know, recently a a friend of mine was telling me that he had leveraged uh, money to invest in the stock market. Meaning,
1: he had borrowed money to put in the stock market. Yeah.
0: So he put two hundred thousand of his own money and eight hundred thousand of the bank's money into some shares.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: thinking that that would give him five times leverage and he would you know so if the shares went up a dollar a share or whatever the number was then it's like they went up five dollars mm-hmm. because he had so much invested that wasn't his own money right so his return that's would how be leverage high. works the problem is if the stocks go down that as well he loses five times His investment money, right? Like not all his investment, but five times the amount. And the other problem was there was this thing called a margin call. Are you familiar with a margin call? I am. Explain it. Okay, so a margin call is the bank wants the margin to stay at 80-20. 20% 20 of your money, 80% of their money. So In this case, let's let's say for round number, let's say it was a dollar share. He had a million shares. They went down a fair bit, actually. So let's say they went down um, 20%. He'd lose all his down payment money, right? So in this case, they went down 10%. So it went down to instead of being worth a million dollars, it's now worth 900000 But the bank says, oh, no, no, you need to be 8020 So we need you to have an extra 80000 in. And if you don't, then we're going to sell shares to recoup our money so that we're back to an 80%. And he didn't have the money to give the extra $80,000. Mm-hmm. So they sold shares at a loss. And he has no, no, you can't wait. There's nothing you could
1: do about it. No, that's
0: the problem with margin calls is they will sell when the market's low and you can't wait for it to come back up. And then even if it does come back up, now you got less money invested in them.
1: Right. So when we're saying friend or foe, there's some things that when you leverage it, it actually almost can quite easily work
0: against you because nothing really like that is a sure bet. Yeah. And then also it's guaranteed to work against you if you're buying something on leverage that goes down in value, like guaranteed it's going to go down in value, like the furniture, the boat, the cars, anything you buy on leverage like that, it's going down in value as you make payments. Right. And so we would
1: encourage not to buy things on borrowed money or leveraged Mm -hmm. that goes down in value right because you're losing all the time so the point here is if you're kind of going is this a good thing to invest in or not i just need some clarity maybe like i've heard even leveraging a house is bad And it often isn't bad if you're leveraging it for the right thing at the right amount. So if you're looking for a clarity call, give us a call and we'll give you a 15-minute quick conversation, clarity call, just to sort of discover, to initially discover whether it's worth exploring it further or not, Mm. or whether you're putting yourself at too much risk.
0: Yeah. So that clarity call, call us and leave us a message if we don't answer the phone, 613-860-4663. Right. So real
1: estate, mm-hmm. I kind of alluded to real estate being a safer thing to leverage because yeah. they can't do cash calls, yeah. but you do have to worry about when your renewal of mortgage is. So you've mm-hmm. got to be smart about how much you're borrowing, how much you're leveraging.
0: Yep. The nice thing is if the values go down, you can wait it out, especially if it's an investment, you got uh, mm-hmm. tenants that are paying the, the mortgage, then just wait for it to come back up. There's no margin call. And the other thing that's really neat is if it's your principal residence, you can leverage right up to 5% down.
1: If you're living in the house.
0: Yeah, 5% down to own this magnificent property that you live in. You get the utility of living in it and you get the benefit of leverage for future growth.
1: Right, and the cool thing is everybody has to live in a house pretty much everybody lives in whether it's a house or an apartment whether it's a condominium or a freehold the reality is people have to live somewhere yeah the so, cheapest
0: place to live in your is your parents house
1: well true <laughs> but at some point that just becomes not so workable
0: yeah i know it
1: just isn't effective for so, either party yeah, for either party right so Waiting it out is a great idea until mm-hmm. it comes back into alignment. But the good news is everybody's got to live in it. And if you aren't leveraging your money to buy a house, you're actually, your money is being used to buy somebody else's house, the landlord, mm, right? Uh, like that's the bottom line. Somebody is getting benefit. That's,
0: that's true. And might as well be you. Yeah. So, Wonder about leverage, because as far as I'm concerned, leverage is the eighth wonder of the world, and we're grateful to be your partners in moving forward towards building wealth, wisdom, and worth. In this downward-shifting market, what about our investor clients?
1: Well, what about them? They're safe. So we're excited that we've created for you free access to over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share inside information, making the most of your money, building wealth. And really the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. So what we're going to do in this episode is discover that real estate leverage can be safe, actually like safe. Even in a downward real estate market. Mm. And we and got proof.
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting because, you know, a couple of years ago, we bought, um, it's a couple of years ago, just over a year or so ago, yeah. we bought. At the an, height of the market. <laughs> we and bought an 18 unit apartment mm-hmm. building. Now, this building, the thing is, commercial properties are valued slightly different than single family residential or properties even still what's happened with the market shift and the interest rates going up the cap rate has gone up which means the value of the property goes down Uh because it's it's a percentage now if if we say oh That means we've lost value on the property. But what's interesting is we've been able to increase the rents. So now the income's up on the property, so the value's still similar, right? not higher.
1: Right. So if you're going, that is so confusing to me. That's why I don't do investing in real estate, because... That just doesn't even
0: commute. That's why you need a professional on your side when it comes to investing in real estate.
1: So if you're looking for a 15-minute clarity call, let's discover whether you are meant to be an investor, whether you're meant to do even more with the money you have versus letting it basically dwindle because it becomes worthless every day if we don't do something with it. Mm -hmm. That's a nasty concept. You know the
0: word that just came to my mind? It's a little harsh, but rot your money rots if it sits there doing nothing
1: right and if it doesn't function at a higher rate than the rate of inflation Mm -hmm. it's still decreasing in value and it's dwindling when you think you're doing good with it if you don't figure out how to get it to work for you Mm -hmm. it's becoming worthless or worth less at least
0: Yeah, and let's look, because we're pretty recent to a downturn in the market or a correction. Let's uh, let's really call it a correction. I think it
1: is, because we were ahead of the curve. Like, that wasn't even sustainable, and we did fortunately believe that from the beginning. Now, it sustained longer than we thought it would. Mm -hmm. That increase escalated longer than made human sense.
0: Well, three years in a row. Of twenty twenty five percent increases, that's, that's, just, that's unheard
1: of, especially in a stable Ottawa type
0: market. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the U.S. Because in the U.S. in two thousand and eight, they had a major correction, and and let's also stipulate this: our real estate correction is Canada wide, pretty much, and as a yeah. matter of fact, I think it's hitting the U.S. as well. This correction. Is Canadian. It's Canada wide. It's not just Ottawa. It's not just Toronto. Toronto maybe hit a little harder than other areas, but all of Canada is correcting because it over escalated, probably due to too low interest rates.
1: And COVID, because people (laughs) were afraid and the people were staying put more and there was still need for housing and it was difficult for
0: people to make a move. There were And People wanted hard assets. Right, They wanted real assets, which is a real estate. And so mm-hmm. they low interest rates, shortage of it, let's buy some. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Yeah. Investment properties, all kinds of things, just let's buy some, let's right. buy some. And there
1: was a shortage available
0: because mm-hmm. people were scared too. Yeah. So in 2008, there was uh, what I would call a crash because the bubble was artificially created by false or poor lending practices. Then the market started to crash. How do you think the investors did in the United States? They did really good. They did really, really well. Because what happens is the the people paying rent continued to pay rent. So they continued to pay their mortgage. didn't matter if the value went down a little bit. The other thing that happened was all these people that were losing their homes because they couldn't afford to live in them needed to become tenants, which made the tenant market really high. A lot of demand for rentals caused the price of investment properties to go up. So I think we're going to see something similar. There's We're still growing at a considerable rate, the population. There's still a shortage of housing, whether it's rentals or owned occupied properties. There is a shortage. Rental prices will continue to escalate.
1: Well, and rental prices have gone up consistently really forever.
0: Well, if you've ever rented, did your landlord <laughs> ever come to you and go, hey, you've been a great tenant, I'm going to reduce the rent? I was never given a reduction in rent. <laughs> <No, there was laughs>
1: and, and so the other cool thing with real estate specifically mm-hmm. is something called double leverage. Speak yeah. to that.
0: Yeah, double leverage is not for everybody. But it is very effective and that is where you take some of that equity, your house has grown in value significantly, you take some out as a line of credit or another mortgage and then you apply that as the down payment on a rental property so you can start getting income and we call it double leverage because now you have two properties in the market growing over time. It's a beautiful thing.
1: And I was always told, and maybe you were told as a kid, pay off your house, don't have a mortgage on it. And I subscribed to that for a long time. I mean, we worked really hard to get our first house paid off. And Mm -hmm. it was like a happy day when there was no longer a mortgage on it. Yeah. And then we went, why are we doing this? Because that money is sitting idle doing nothing. So we're not talking about over-leverage. We're talking hmm. about wisely leverage.
0: Yeah. So what I discovered as I started studying wealth and and reading books and studying the wealthy was that most of the people who were affluent had fairly large mortgages on their houses. And I thought, well, that's crazy. Look, they're living in these big houses and they still have big mortgages. Like the, it seemed false to me. It seemed wrong. But then I realized, no, no, no. These people have mortgages on their property because they borrowed it to open a business. They borrowed it to buy another piece of property or in a, a commercial piece of real estate or whatever because they know that with that money, they can make more money with it than what they're paying in interest payments on the mortgage. And it's t- the mortgage payments are tax deductible. Once you've paid it off and you borrow it to invest it in something, then that interest that you're paying is tax deductible. So that's one of the reasons the affluent used this, this, this method.
1: And we're not saying it's wrong to pay off your mortgage. We're just saying there may be a different consideration. There may be a different perspective than the truth that you've always believed. Because I believed it.
0: Mm. So we love this stuff. And... Who wants to discuss it with us? Who wants to pick up the phone and call us at 613-860-4663 and book a clarity call about whether it's the right thing for you to leverage your assets? Like I like to say, wake up your lazy assets. So it's been a privilege of growing with you because we're passionate about us all being positioned for a generational legacy. I like over a 20% rate of return. I do too. How about you?
1: We're honored that for over 30 years and over 300 or 3,000, actually yeah. 117 times, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying and investing in real estate, but really coming alongside you to help you build your fun help you build your finances, and even help you build your faith and strengthen, heal, and flourish inside your um, your life, really, and your relationships. And so 30 years of building your life, your wealth, and your home. And so what we're going to explore in this episode is leverage is the exponential multiplier.
0: Mm. What do we
1: mean by that, Ken?
0: Mm. Well... I think it's like compound interest. It's on leverage can be on top of each other and you can leverage your current assets to make more assets. I know for us, you know, we, we have a very good life. We are been very blessed and Mm -hmm. some people think it's all been on our income like that. We, we work hard. We worked hard for our income. We still work hard for our clients and we make a good income. But our wealth hasn't come just from our income. Our wealth has come from what we've done with our income, how we've leveraged that income to buy other income properties and other income businesses. Right. And we were
1: told and we were warned, don't leverage. Like, it's still, even when, I, when you're saying right now we leverage, I get a little sense <gasps> of... Ugh. That's panic that can come upon me and yet i have lived the experience that it has served us and served thousands of our clients really really well mm-hmm. and so it's it's, it's how what do you, you yeah it's,
0: it's who how and what you leverage right so and how difference.
1: much yeah because you can overdo the thing i mean you i've can, already been chatting yep. about you can over leverage and that is not we are not an advocate
0: no, Or and a proponent, I've, I've heard, and I
1: don't believe we do
0: it. No, and I've heard some stories of people that borrowed money. They borrowed 100%, mm-hmm. not on their own assets, but they borrowed money like a first and a second to buy some investment properties mm-hmm. when rates were so low. They bought them on variable because they'd have some cash flow of a few hundred dollars. So they thought, hey, how can I lose? I'm going to mm-hmm. borrow all this money, I'm and I'm still in a positive cash flow position. But now they bought variable rate mortgages because they wanted to have cash, have cash flow. flow. But now the rates have gone up significantly. And now they're have negative cash flow each month, and that house of cards is going to come down. Because you still need to be able to make the payment. Yep. And
1: if you haven't if you put aside money, and we've talked about this in other segments, if you put aside money, if you've been Paying more than you needed to pay, you've got money sitting in reserves. Yeah, but this
0: is our investment properties. Mm-hmm. And they thought that that would cash flow some extra money to them by doing that, which it did temporarily. Yeah. And it's got to do it with a long-term locked-in rate. Otherwise, you're speculating that interest rates will stay low and you're taking a big chance. And now some of these investors that did that, not my investors, not under my advice anyways, They're going to be in trouble. They're going to need to sell these buildings.
1: And they've gone down in value. So now they're not selling them for as much money. So they could well be sitting in an upside down position. Like we've all heard the horror stories of people having to borrow to sell something or worse Mm. yet, declare bankruptcy or in some way get, excuse me. (laughs) oh bless you (laughs) thank you we
0: want to bless you you rather than harm you You know i gotta say it this topic is nothing to sneeze about
1: it so isn't because leverage i think the reason i get a twinge of anxiety when i hear the word leverage is because often it's done wrong Mm. it's done to the detriment rather than to benefit people yeah
0: so in this show we're really talking about borrowing money on our existing asset to buy another asset, right? And uh, buy another investment property. And mm-hmm. initially it sounds maybe wrong, it sounds tricky, it sounds scary. But if we're if we're just going up like let's say we have some money, we have it in the bank at 2 or 3%. Mm-hmm. If inflation is 6% for instance, we're guaranteed to be losing money. Right, we're losing anyway. We're losing well, mm-hmm. we are we losing money? No. When we when we're in the end, you know, we put in a thousand dollars, we have a thousand and and thirty dollars, less taxes, so maybe we've got a thousand and fifteen dollars. So do we have right. less money? No. But that thousand and fifteen dollars buys less than the thousand did a year ago.
1: Right. So we're <clears throat> our power is being diminished. The power mm-hmm. of our money. Yeah. The value of the money. So the money, money what it needs to do- go
0: up in value larger than inflation.
1: Right. And so how do you because I hear all the time cash flow is king and you've been talking about that. Yeah. And yet you may be making great money even though you can't cash flow. So that's not the reason we yes. would say leverage is good or bad.
0: Yeah. This gets so tricky that to try and explain on a video or on an over the air is like it's like craziness. But when I can... We're doing sit- it anyway? No, I'm not going to. <laughs> but if I sit down with somebody and I run the numbers, I put some scenarios down on paper, it starts to make sense. Because maybe we can't get cash flow, especially if we're borrowing the down payment off our house. We're going to have negative cash flow. But putting that two $300 away each month to supplement that rental... What is it doing? Well, the rental is actually going. The mortgage is being paid down. Let's say eleven hundred dollars by the tenant, so our mortgage goes down eleven hundred dollars. It's assuming a tenant's paying like twenty two hundred or whatever, eleven hundred of its principal. But you're paying three hundred of that, so you're still ahead. Like, what's that? Eight hundred. Eight hundred dollars plus whatever the property will go up in the future. And so I can't really do it justice here on the air, but just know, like, you could put that $300 away for the next 10 years, have enough money for a down payment on something, right? Or you can buy it now leveraged and put the $300 a month into the mortgage payment and you got 10 years of growth of a large asset.
1: Plus, you have somebody paying down your mortgage. So therefore, yeah. you're getting $800 in these numbers. These are just basic yeah, just general little numbers. numbers. And if you're going, you guys are confusing me all over the place, then you know what? Call for a clarity call. And we promise it will be more clear than this. And, and or pick up the wealth formula. It's actually unpacked really well inside the wealth formula. And we were mm-hmm. talking about 20% interest rate of return
0: yeah what like let's touch on that for a minute, okay, well, we're talking about investing in real estate. real estate on average in the Ottawa area has gone up about five percent per so, year per over year, year. Yeah. for five for, for fifty, 50 years. years. so if I use that number of five percent and let's say I put in I put down twenty percent that's five times leverage, right twenty goes into a hundred five times yeah, so in the first year. If, if the property goes up 5%, I've only put in 20% of the money, right? So that's five times leverage. Mm-hmm. So how much is it? Let's say it's $100,000. Right. That property's gone up twenty five thousand. That's twenty five percent rate of return. Right.
1: So it's not that
0: confusing. It ten. is
1: simple math. It's right? simple
0: math, but it's a little bit tricky to try and talk it through on the airwaves. Right. So, but if you want a high rate of in of return, the easiest way to do it is with leverage.
1: Got it. So some say cash flow is king. What does Ken say? Uh,
0: I say, uh, I say that leverage is king. And, safe leverage. and we'll hope to get cash flow yeah yeah so we're honored to be your advocates on this journey of building wealth and a life exponential Moving forward with the Decker
1: team Moving forward together with the Decker team